Sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. You have said I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. This is God's word. Well, I'm excited to spend time with you this morning. Uh, some people call this the Sunday of the faithful few. Uh, the Sunday after Christmas. Some give it Associate Pastor Day. Uh, there's, there's various titles for, for this Sunday, but I'm, I'm glad to be with you. Um, and so believe me when I say that I really do enjoy... Uh, being at church the Sunday after Christmas, because for me, I love that it's a chance to, to, to reflect on what we've just celebrated, um, and, and then as we use that reflection, that good news, to kind of look ahead uh, to the start of a new year. I love the service before a new year. Uh, I want to start our time of reflection today with a poem. <clears throat> uh, this poem is called 1 Corinthians 13, a Christmas version. If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows, strands of twinkling lights and shiny balls, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another decorator. If I slave away in the kitchen baking dozens of Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals and arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another cook. If I work at the soup kitchen, carol in the nursing homes, and give all that I have to charity, but do not show love to my family, it profits me nothing. If I trim the spruce with shimmering angels and crocheted snowflakes, attend a myriad of holiday parties and sing in the choir's cantata, but do not focus on Christ, I have missed the point. Love stops cooking to hug the child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the husband. Love is kind, though harried and tired. Love doesn't envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. Love doesn't yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful that they are there to be in the way. Love doesn't give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who can't. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Video games will break. Necklaces will be lost, golf clubs will rust, but the gift of giving the gift of love will endure. Well, I hope that yesterday uh, was a day for you where you remembered what was important uh, about Christmas, a day that is supposed to be about love, sharing and receiving love from family and friends. Uh, But like I always tell couples who are getting married and and they want to use the love chapter, right? 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. While it's a great reminder to us, the emphasis of that passage, the emphasis of 1 Corinthians 13 is God's love towards us. That's what that passage is about. It's God's love to us. And so what I hope to, to, to do this morning, what I hope to spend some time reflecting on this morning is this question, what, what love did God show us? What did God do for us at Christmas? Let's pray together.
Father, would you guide us this morning? Would you change our hearts? Would you help us to see all that you have done? Would you help us to look forward? God, we thank you for your gift of Scripture. May it inspire us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our passage this morning is from Galatians chapter 4. We're going to just look at verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So you might be thinking, uh, that sounds like a very technical, legalese kind of passage. I thought we were going to talk about God's love this morning, talk about what, what God's love did for us at Christmas. That, that, that what passage we just read was, was, didn't, didn't sound quite that way. It's too technical. Well, so I'll just say it now, say it at the beginning. This passage is about God's love. Specifically, it is about how God, in his love, chose you and me to be a part of his family, to be his children. That's what this passage is about, his love making us his children. And so we're going to just look this morning at how that is. Now, if I could get a show of hands, which I'm not going to, uh, I wonder how many of you are absolutely ready for the timing of having a baby, right? And how many of you were totally, uh, totally surprised and unprepared for the news when a baby was on the way? However you heard that news, if you were totally prepared or totally surprised, you know, and then that process of getting ready for a baby. I don't think anyone is ever totally ready. I know that I was not. Uh, figuring out timing, getting everything ready. It's, it's tough. There's just so many unknowns and, and so much to be done. Here's the thing about Jesus. His birth had to do with timing more than any baby in history. The events of the history of the world all had to do with the birth of Jesus. That's a lot of planning, right? All the events of the earth had to do with the timing of the planning of the birth of Jesus. That's why Paul said, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. When the fullness of time had come, right? When everything was ready, just how God intended it to be, God brought his son. It was the whole plan came into motion. At just the right time, God sent his son. At just the right time, God redeemed us. At just the right time, God's son was born under the law to be our substitute. At just the right time, God's son, Jesus Christ, made us his sons and daughters. At just the right time. Just the right time. And that's part of what we celebrate this time of year. It says at just the right time, God redeemed us. 
Redeemed those under the law. God redeemed us. Why were we redeemed? Verse 5 says that so that we might receive adoption as sons. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but we were all, male and female, adopted as sons. That's a strange thing to say, but, but what it means is that we were all given an inheritance. Under the old law, right, only sons received the inheritance of the father. Only sons received the inheritance. And so all of us receive full rights, full inheritance as sons. We've been given that 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 title, that level, that understanding of inheritance as sons. And so what that means for us is that we have gotten, all of us, the best news. Have you, have you ever gotten really good news? Like in a, in a letter maybe, right? You get, back in the old days, we used to get letters that people would share about their lives and we would re- read good news or we would get a phone call from someone of good news. Well, I want to tell you this morning about uh, <clears throat> the good news that the parents of Leonard Phillips received during World War II. It, it was right after the Battle of the Bulge, um, and they received a, son, a letter from their son, Leonard. The letter was to tell them that the, the gift that they had gotten him had saved his life. You see, during World War II, um, not yet. Give me just a second. You, wouldn't, you weren't listening if you were looking at that. So, in World War II, every soldier received a pocket Bible. Um, that was just part of what you got when you were a soldier, was a, was a pocket Bible. And it fit just perfectly into your, uh, your uh, shirt pocket. Um, a clever, a clever Bible company uh, during those times started selling um, this little metal cover uh, that, that would fit onto those pocket Bibles. Brilliant, brilliant plan, but really cool idea. And, and so family members could buy these, uh, these metal Bible covers and, and they would be sent to their soldiers uh, as, as they left. Uh, and these became called heart shield Bibles. Heart Shield Bibles is, is, is the, what they were, they were sold as and what they were called. And you guys know that I like collecting historical stuff. You guys know that I like uh, Bible stuff. So, of course, I had to get myself um, one of these incredible pieces of history. And so here's mine. This is, it's pretty small, but this is what it looks like. And I'll, I'll leave it up here. You guys can see it later. But, but this is just a little, just a little, I, I think it's probably, it's steel, but it feels like tin. It's not very thick. I, I don't think it was really um, as sturdy as maybe everybody thought it would be. But, but this is what it was, a heart shield Bible, right? And it just fit perfectly. And soldiers would wear them in their, in their shirt pockets as a protection. Um, so yeah, I'll just leave that right here. And um, not everybody had one, but if like family members would buy them as presents and send them, uh, send them to their soldiers, they would, they would, they would you know, then be able to put them on. And so, so the Heart Shield Bible, uh, really, really common during World War II. Well, so Leonard Phillips' parents got a letter from him saying that he was in the hospital, that, that he was going to be okay. He had been shot, but he had been protected by his Heart Shield Bible that his parents got him. And so, so there's a picture of, of the Phillips family Bible 
And you can see uh, the cover has been taken off, but that on the left there is, is, is the, the gift that Leonard's uh, family sent to him. Uh, and if you look at the bottom right part of that picture, you can see the, there's a bullet lodged in that pocket Bible. And the Bible had saved his life. I don't know if any of you have ever received a letter like that, right? Any kind of news like that in a letter. Um, but, but the passage that we are reading right now is incredible news. It is life-changing news. In fact, it is eternity-changing news. I love how Charles Wesley uh, said it in my favorite uh, Christmas hymn. He says, Mild he lays his glory by, born that men no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. God sent Jesus so that he would come to redeem, to fix the broken, to give worth to the unworthy, that we might become a part of God's family. This is incredible news. He has come to fix the broken, which is all of us. So what are we to do with that kind of news? You see, this kind of news has implications that, that, that Paul wants us to understand. So I want you to go, if you've got your Bibles open still, to look at verses uh, 6 and 7. Right, he says he's come to redeem us so he could make us all sons. In verse 6, it says, And because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. The implications of being given the rights of a son is that we are full members of the, of the family with, with all the privileges that come with that. Right, all the privileges that comes with with being in the family, that that's that's what we get. Um, but but also the identification of being in God's family means that we ought to look like the family, right? You're you're part of this family now. This is what we look like. This is what it looks like to be in God's family. And so God gives us His own version of a heart shield. He gives us his own version of a heart shield, and that is the Holy Spirit. That's the the promises of 6 and 7. He gives us the Holy Spirit to protect us, to equip us, to help us in everything. I I really like the movie uh, Saving Private Ryan. I don't know how many of you have have seen that movie. Uh, It's 20 years old now, so hopefully there's no spoilers, but whatever. Um... It's, it's a, a movie about a guy in World War II um, who, who loses all of his brothers in war. And, and, and so the military figures this out and they send a, a, a team, a, a group of guys to go get him to rescue him so that his family would have one remaining heir. Um, and so the whole movie is about that process. And, and at the very end, as it looks like he's, he's going to be saved, right, saving Private Ryan, it looks like he's going to be saved but at a great cost, at a, a terrible great cost. Uh, one, one of the guys turns to him and says, earn this, earn this, earn all that we have done for you, earn it. 
I have to tell you, that line has always bothered me, right? It's kind of the pivotal point of the movie, but it's always bothered me. How could he possibly have earned the sacrifice that others made for him? How do you possibly earn that? In the same way, you and I have been rescued at a great cost and given unspeakable privileges, and we might be tempted to think, I need to earn this. I need to earn it. But guess what? You can never earn this. You can never earn what we are reading here. You can't do it. You, you will never prove that you deserved the sacrifice of God. It's not possible. You won't do it. Instead, I, I wish the movie, going back to that, I, I wish the movie had said something more like Paul would say. You're free. You've been saved. You've been saved. You're free. Now live free. Not like a slave. Live a life that shows how grateful you are. You could never, ever deserve this. But you can live as a grateful person. Trying to help others live free too. 2022 is right around the corner. The, the optimist in me thinks we must be due for a really good year. We're, we're due for a really good year. I'm, I'm sure that's what's right around the corner. The realist in me says, you better be prepared for things to stay the same, to not get any better. You just better be prepared. And, and I don't know what side is right. They kind of battle inside my head sometimes. But, um, but here's what I do know. That, that we need to live in 2022 as free people who, whose hearts truly belong to God, whose hearts belong to his kingdom. Not as slaves to things like money, power, convenience, security, safety, popularity. And let me just tell you, this can happen to all of us. I know that when I hear sermons or when I'm sitting where you're sitting and, and, and I hear um, I hear things like I just said to you. There's a little voice inside me that says, not you. They're not talking about you. They're talking about some, some of the sinners in this room, right, who've taken their eyes off Jesus. They're, taking a, they're, they're talking about some sinners who uh, are, are living for power and money and convenience. Not you, because you don't do any of those things. Right? Your eyes are always on Jesus. I would never be like that, but maybe this message is helpful for somebody else. I can think that way at confession time. But the truth is that we all take our eyes off Jesus and we start living, as Paul says here, like slaves. Living like slaves, like slaves living for the things of this world and, and, and acting like the, the things of this world are the most important. They're the things that really matter. They're the things worth, worthy of our devotion and our, and our, and our lives and our time and, and everything. And that those are the things that really matter. We give our loyalty to something else. We can be selfish, be shallow, refusing to live the way that Jesus did for others, for the kingdom of God, to know the Father and to make him known. Start living for other things. God chose you. 
That's the story of, of Advent. That's the story of Christmas. God chose you. And he sent his son for you. And this is the best news that you and I could ever, ever receive. And this is the kind of good news that should change things, should change us. In the next few days, as we, as we prepare for 2022, my challenge for you is to do some soul searching. My pray, prayer for you is that you would ask God to revive your hearts so, so that they would be focused on him. They would be focused on his kingdom, on loving him, on loving others. Right? The delight of our Father, the delight of God. Not self, not created things, not worldly things. Not trying to earn anything, but living lives that are free and full of God's love. We're going to pray now together. And as we do that, we've got a little bit of time. And I want us to spend some time uh, just on our own in prayer. So we'll just have a time of silence where you just, ask, I, would, I would challenge you to ask him that he would revive your hearts and he would, he would cleanse them. He would make them fresh and new for a new year, devoted to him and the things of, of his kingdom, not the things of this world. Let's pray together. God, you know us. You know everything there is to know about us. You know the things we say, the things we do. We know you know the things that we think. You know the you know the secret places of our lives, of our hearts. And yet, yet you chose us to be your your children. And so you know where our hearts are today. You know that they are distracted and chaotic and hurting and cold and shallow and focused on things beside you. We are selfish to the core. But we know that you can change all that. We know that you sent us a heart shield. You sent us the Holy Spirit who resides in us and can fill us. That we would live Lives not as slaves, not as 
things of this world, not as people without hope, but something totally different. Your Holy Spirit can empower us to live for you. Or we would desire to know you above all else, above all things. Where we live for the things that matter most, you and your kingdom, and helping others to know more about you. Father, we need a revived heart. We need to be filled with your Holy Spirit. God, we know that only you can do this. Only you can bring change in us. And so we, God, help that to be our our true prayer for this morning and not just for this morning, but, but going forward. That our hearts would be for you, for your kingdom and sharing that love with others. God, help us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing hymn number 29?